Puerto Rico is a little bit of the USA and the Caribbean. It is the smallest of the Greater Antilles Group and consists of five islands, the largest of which is called Puerto Rico. Orlando Margal lives in Puerto Rico and he has a great website called Puerto Rico by GPS, which gives you excellent directions for driving around the island. Orlando, welcome. Why is Puerto Rico such a great place to visit? Well, you could say I'm biased, but it's the most beautiful place in the world. You could start with that. I'm happy for you to be biased. If you live there and you live there because you love it, by all means, talk up Puerto Rico. That's why I'm chatting to you, because I want to find out all about it. Well, Puerto Rico is actually, many people think it's an island, and it's actually an archipelago. It's comprised of the larger island, which is called Puerto Rico, and then we have several smaller islands around the the larger one, which are Vieques, Culebra, and Culebrita to the east, Caja de Muerto to the south, and to the west we have Mona, Monito, and Desecheo, which are three other islands to the west. So altogether, there are about, I don't know, let's see, three and three, six, one, seven, eight islands and a bunch of little small ones. Not all of them are inhabited, is that correct? Well, the three to the east, uh, Vieques, Culebra and Culebrita, are actually not only inhabited, but they have some of the best beaches in the world. Flamenco comes to mind as it, it all, almost always appears at the top of the top ten. And Caja de Muerto to the south is a tourist attraction. People go there for the beaches, that kind of thing. And then Monita, Monito, and Desecheo to the west are uh, reserves. There's, you know, ecological work that goes there, scientists, that kind of thing. So it sounds like a tremendous place. And of course, being where you are, the situation, it's a very tropical place as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. The average temperature is 80 degrees. We sit in the right in the middle of the Caribbean, and actually, we are the smallest of the larger Antilles, not the largest of the not the largest of the smallest. <laughs> we are actually the the smallest of the larger Antilles. Oh, I thought I said the smallest of the greater Antilles, but I might have. Well, yes, that. yes, yeah. I, I'm not sure if you did, but just in case, we are the smallest of the larger Antilles. Good. Because some of the, <laughs> some of the other islands in, in the larger Antilles, I mean, they're massive. I mean, you've got the Hispaniola and islands like that, haven't you, which are, are quite huge. Well, yeah. well, yes, to the west we have Hispaniola or Española, which is comprised of Haiti and the Dominican Republic. And to the west or northwest of that, you have Cuba, you have the Bermudas and several other islands. You have uh, Jamaica to the west or southwest of the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Yeah, most of the islands are larger than us, except for the maybe the Bahamas. And it's interesting because Puerto Rico is an unincorporated territory of the United States. So does that give you the same rights as other American citizens? Well, yes and no. You become a a total U.S. citizen the minute you get on a plane and you land in Miami. Then you can vote and you have all your rights just like any other citizen. But while you are in Puerto Rico, you can't vote for the president. That might be a good or a bad thing, depending on your politics, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, when you think about it, all the decisions that are made in Washington affect the island, and we have no say in it. You have no representative at all in Congress? Well, yes, we we have what they call the Comisionado Residente, a resident commissioner, 
but uh, he has no vote. So essentially, you know, he can influence decisions there as as far as he can do his networking appropriately. But it's not like like he can affect the vote. You know, he, he's not a congressman. But a Puerto Rican citizen, they don't need a visa or anything to go to the U.S., do they? They they would be treated as a citizen from that point of view, would they? Like you could go there and get work, etc. if you wanted to. Absolutely. And, and Americans come to Puerto Rico the same way. They don't need a passport. They don't need a visa, anything. And it's just a 3,000-mile flight, which is about two and a half hours southeast of Miami. And if you're coming from New York, it's about three hours. Now, the main island, Puerto Rico, is quite large. How accessible is it for people who do want to drive around the island? Well, <laughs> it's it, the roads are similar to the roads in the States. The only thing that they'll find weird here, uh, in fact, I have a video in Puerto Rico by GPS that's all about driving in Puerto Rico. The only thing they'll find weird in, in the Puerto Rican roads is that distances are measured in 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 kilometers and speed is measured in miles. So really? What? You, okay. Okay. So can you that, explain that? that? Means, I can understand, right? Kilometers, fair enough. But why do you measure the speed in miles? That would be very confusing. Well, that's because of the American influence. Uh, you see it all around you. The Puerto Ricans don't notice it because we live here. Yeah. But uh, when, when other people look at us from the outside, especially Latin American people, they they tell you that that we we are very Americanized, if you will. And one of the things that uh, that has been uh, Americanizing for us has been the the speed limits, for example. When you go out on the road, you're going to see your speed limit in miles, 55, just like in the States. But then when you look at the mile markers, they, they don't measure miles. They measure <laughs> kilometers. <laughs> so it, it, it's kind of weird. But other than that, it's just like driving anywhere else. You have toll boots, which nobody likes, but they're there. And everything else is pretty much the same. I've driven in the States, I've driven in Europe, and, you know, for me it's weird. For example, when I go to the, to, to Europe, everything is in kilometers, yeah. and I, you know, we don't, we don't think in kilometers. We think in miles, and I have to, you know, break it down in my mind. Okay, so it's 300 kilometers away. How much is that? You know, a Spaniard wouldn't have to do that. He would say, okay, I know, 300 kilometers, perfect. You know, for me, I have to think about it, to, you know, break it down into miles so that I, I can get an idea of how far that is, you know. What about with weights and measures and stuff? Do you have pounds and ounces, or do you have kilograms and grams, etc.? No, no. When it comes to weights and measures, it's all American. It's all pounds and ounces. Well, look, I've, I've never visited Puerto Rico, but I do know that it has an interesting history. And the name itself, I understand, means rich port in Spanish. So can I assume that it is a very vibrant place to visit there? Well, it is vibrant. It's not rich. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me tell you where the name came from. Originally, yeah. the island the island was called San Juan Bautista. Yeah. And Richport, Puerto Rico, was the name of San Juan, the city. In 1508, uh, the first uh, little town was established in Puerto Rico. It was called Caparra. And a year later, in 1509, they got the hell out of Dodge because the mosquitoes were killing them. <laughs> So, so what they what they did was they moved to a little to the west, uh, a little to the east, to an island that at that point they called Puerto Rico. 
that island ended up being the, Isle, the Isle of San Juan, which is about 12, 13 miles long. It's a small island that's connected to the main island by three bridges. Those three bridges are the Esteves, Dos Hermanos, and I'm forgetting the other one. But there are three bridges that connect the, the, the Isle of San Juan to the main island of Puerto Rico. And in 1521, they established the, the city of San Juan. It was the second capital in the New World. The first one was Santo Domingo de Guzmán, which is 25 years older than, than San Juan, Puerto Rico. That's how the island got its name. It started being the name of the city, and it ended up being the, the, the name of the entire island. And the reason they call it Puerto Rico, which means rich port, is because it was the first port of call on your way to from Spain to the New World, and it was your last port of call when you were going from the New World to Spain. And the main thing that passed through the port of San Juan was something called the Situado Mexicano, which was all the gold that Hernán Cortés and all his cronies plundered from the Aztecs. So that's why they called it Puerto Rico, because a lot of money went through the island. Right, I understand that. And as you say, it was established in 1508, 1509. Columbus first landed in in America in 1492. So it really didn't take all that long to establish a settlement there, did it? No. Uh, in fact, uh, Puerto Rico was discovered on November 19, 1493, just a little over a year after he landed in, I think it's someplace in the Bahamas. He called it San Salvador, the island. I'm not sure which of the islands it is, but a little, a little close to a year, he landed in Puerto Rico on November 19th, like I said. In the first, the first settlement was in 15, uh, 1508, like I said, in Caparra, and in 1521, they inaugurated San Juan, which is, was the first city on the island. There were people there, though, before uh, the Spanish arrived, weren't they? They, You had indigenous communities, did you? Yes, we had. Uh, our Indians were called the Tainos, and they cohabited the island with the Spaniards uh, uh, close to, a, I think it's close to 100 years, but they got sick and they died pretty because uh, the Span the Spaniards were vectors for measles, viruela yep. in Spanish, and that killed off most of the Indians. And the Indians paid back the favor because they were carriers of syphilis. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they paid the favor back, you know. Uh, and and uh, essentially, we ended up with no Indians. There there, there is a there are certain communities on the western end of the island that according to genealogical, I, I don't know as I, if I'm using that word correctly, but I think I am. Genial, it has to do with ge, uh, genetics. They Gen have yeah, done ge yeah. yeah, yeah, they have done uh, genetic studies and they have found that they have close to 50% of their DNA is Taino DNA because what happened was that our, our Indians lived mostly on the coasts of the island, and when the Spaniards came, what they did was they moved to the center of the island where they could hide in the mountains. And they ended up uh, living in all the, the, the center of the island towns, mostly on the western part of the island. So there are places there, like uh, there's a town called Maricao, which yep. is where people have a lot of Indian DNA. And you can see it in their faces, you know, they, they, they have those, they just look like the Tainos, you know. 
Yeah, uh, uh, I'm talking mainly about Puerto Rico, the main island now, I guess, but it's a large island. It's, I understand it's about 180 kilometres long and about 65 wide at its at its widest point. Is that right? So that's a, that's a fair-sized well, island, isn't it? <laughs> I'd have to do the math, but in my mind, it's 100 miles wide by 35 uh, tall uh, from north to south. 100 by 35. So that, that's how I measure it in my head. But, you know, you, you know, if you convert it to kilometers, it probably ends up being what you said. Your website, Puerto Rico by uh, GPS, you are encouraging people to get out and drive around the island. What are some of the spots that you would recommend people visit? Well, Puerto Rico is a treasure trove of places to see. Of course, you have the city of San Juan, which is a museum in itself. It's a world heritage site, and it has two of the most beautiful Spanish forts you'll see anywhere. In fact, it has the largest fort you'll see anywhere, which is called San Cristobal. It also has El Morro, which sits right in the, at the entrance to the bay. If you arrive to the island on a cruise ship, you go right past it, and it's it's imposing. It's one of those things that you say, wow. We have uh, the largest radio telescope in, in the world. It's in a town called Arecibo, which is on the west. Yeah, it's, it's, it's built in sort of, it looks to be built inside like a caldera. Is that true or, or not? Well, yes, the, the, the place where they put the, the radio telescope already had pretty much the shape of a, of a radio telescope. They just put it in there, you know. It, it fit right in between the mountains. And it's, it's like, it's the largest in the world. It's a thousand feet wide. That's incredible. And it's, That's amazing. It's <laughs> yes, it is. It's one of those things that you have to see it to believe it. It's, it's operated by the University of Cornell. And it has appeared in a lot of movies, Hollywood movies, for example. It appeared in Contact. It appeared in a James Bond movie. I remember that one, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's, it's one of those things that you just have to see. Then a little bit down the road, right after you see that the Arecibo Observatory, there's the Camuy uh, River uh, Cave System, which is... It has under underneath it runs the third largest under underground river in the world, which is the Camuy River, and the caves are just stunning. They're they're huge. You, when you walk inside the main one, which is called Cueva Clara, you can fit a 17-story building inside that thing. Wow, that's um, so you, you're talking about quite a hole in the ground, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they have built this road that takes you all the way to the entrance of the cave, and you you take a tram like you would, for example, in Disney World, with a guide that takes you through the caves and explains everything. It's a very nice place. Then there's the beaches. Puerto Rico has some of the most gorgeous beaches in the world. It must have uh, dozens of beaches, given its size. Right now, I just... I just selected the 21 that I like the most, and I put out a book that's called Puerto Rico for Beach Bums. <laughs> what, Puerto Rico for Beach Bums? Who, uh, who publishes that? Is that available on Amazon or? Uh... I have it. I have it on, on, on Amazon as a as a Kindle book, yep. and it has it. It has its own domain, Puerto Rico for Beach Bums dot com, and uh, what I did was. What I did was I, I went to each one of these beaches, I, I photographed it, I 
tried it because you have to take a dip if you're yes. going to talk about it. <laughs> so uh, I, I actually did a study of all those beaches and published this book. Uh, uh, one thing I haven't told you is I am a landscape photographer. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. I was just going to mention we, we must have ESP Orlando because I was just going to say you are a professional landscape photographer and I'm looking at some of your photos on your website. And I have to say, they are very alluring. You make Puerto Rico look just so gorgeous. The island helps. Uh, I just show it to the people. I, like I say, I, I, I love uh, photography. I love landscape photography in particular because I don't have the patience to photograph people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is the, that is God's honest truth. I've been a photographer for close to 30 years. And when I started, like everybody else, I started doing weddings. Yeah. And I did about, I did about, I don't know, 12, maybe 14 weddings. And I told my wife, no, this isn't for me. I can't take, <laughs> I can't take this. And I, I got out of it and I slowly gravitated towards the landscape. And that's what I've done all my life. I do several things with my pictures. I sell them. I have a site that's called PuertoRicoPhotography.com where I sell my photographs. But I also use them for Puerto Rico by GPS. So most of the pictures that you see on Puerto Rico by GPS are for sale at PuertoRicoPhotography.com. All of the photographs are mine. I don't use photography from anybody else because it's my excuse to relax. My way of relaxation, when I'm really stressed and, and messed up in my head, I take a camera, I drop it over my neck, and I go out and make pretty pictures. That's that's my stress buster. That's a great way to, to relieve your stress, though, isn't it? And you must look at the results of that and just uh, just be amazed at some of the stuff you can capture. It's Absolutely. So yeah. you're, you're recommended that anyone that goes to Puerto Rico should take a good camera with them anyway because you won't be disappointed. Believe me, it's a photographer's treasure trove. If you can't make pretty pictures in Puerto Rico, there's something wrong with you. There's a, a small town called, I think it's Lares. Have you heard of Lares? Lares is my wife's town. She was she was raised in Lares. She was born in, in the metropolitan area over here in San Juan. But she was born, uh, raised in Lattice from since she, since she was a baby. Have you ever been and got an ice cream from the Heredaria Lares, which I believe is one of the best ice cream shops in the world? Sadly, it was. Oh, uh, yes, it that belonged to a friend of my wife's. He was they everybody called him Ginger. The guy died, ah. and uh, his uh, kids didn't want to continue with the shop because uh, there was one of them that wanted to to go on with the shop. The other ones didn't want to help, and it was too much work, and he just sold it. And now uh, I understand that it, it, it reopened with one of the employees that knows all the recipes, so I can't really say that it's closed. It just doesn't belong to the same people anymore. Okay, because I, I, I do know that they've done some incredible flavors here, such as yes. uh, rice pudding, uh, cheese and strawberry. They even did a, a beer flavor, which, uh, that, that, which would have been right. interesting. And corn, and corn, for example, the, one of the most famous ones was corn ice cream, mantecado de maíz, yes. And it sits, you can't miss it because it sits right in front of the central square of the town. Uh, that's one thing about Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico follows the Roman design where you had the plaza in the center and then you had the uh, city hall on one corner of the plaza and the church at the opposite side. Most of the towns, I would say about 99% of them in Puerto Rico follow that model. 
Probably the only one that doesn't follow that model is uh, San Juan itself, old San Juan, where you have City Hall in front of the the, uh, central square, but the cathedral doesn't sit in front of the square. It's someplace else. Now, is there an old San Juan and a new San Juan or a a modern, more modern part of San Juan at all? Well, old San Juan is called that because that was the original city built by the Spaniards. And in 1897, it didn't fit between its walls. And what they did was that they knocked down the southeastern corridor of the of the city walls and the city started growing to the east. The first part that 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 was built was called Puerta de Tierra, which means door to, to, to land. And it's called that way because when the wall was there, there was a, a door there, a gate that was called a Santiago gate, which everybody called La Puerta de Tierra, the, the gate towards land. And uh, when they knocked down that part of the wall, the ward that, that developed there is called Puerta de Tierra today. And from there, it kept on growing to the east and to the east. And nobody calls it New San Juan. They just call it San Juan. And okay. they, make, they make the distinction that what used to be the old city is called Old San Juan. And I noticed that there's a Juan Ponce de Leon residence there. Did he ever find the Fountain of Youth? Do you know? No, what he found was an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was killed in Florida. Uh, he never lived in in. In Casablanca, which is what it's called, uh, Juan Ponce de Leon residence is called Casablanca only because it's all all white, and uh, that sits in the eastern part of the of the San Juan Isle, and it's on uh, San Sebastian Street number one. It's the first house on San Sebastian Street, which is one of the longest streets in the city. And uh, it was built for Ponce de Leon, but he didn't he didn't live there. But interestingly enough, it was one of the longest inhabited houses in the city. It was inhabited by his uh, his descendants for almost 200 years. That's pretty fair. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a very nice place. It's inspired in the Alhambra. Oh, is it really? Okay. Yes, it yes it is. It has a, a the gardens in the back. It has a very long fountain where you can sit and just you know shoot the breeze there. It's very very nice. I love it. Now I know that Puerto Rico is a very very popular destination or or port for cruise ships, and most of the people on cruise ships go there for a very short stay. Do you think they're actually missing out by not staying longer in Puerto Rico? Absolutely. People that come here in cruise ships, that's a, that's something that most people don't know. Most tourists that come here on cruise ships are only eight hours on the island. And in eight hours, what they do is they see the two forts mainly. Some of them cross the bay and go to the Bacardi rum distillery. And some of them go to the rainforest, El Junque which is another thing that you can't miss in Puerto Rico. But you can't see all four of them in in eight hours, so they have to pick which one they're going to see. That's the main problem. If you come here on a plane, you can stay here. For me, the ideal time, to the ideal period to be in Puerto Rico would be between seven and ten days. Then, Then you can say you saw Puerto Rico. Because Puerto Rico is small, but it has a lot of things you, you must see. 
And is there a particular time of the year that you think is better? I mean, because is there a wet season or a dry season? Being being a tropical climate, you would be warm all year round. But does it does it get more humid at other times, at certain times of the year, etc.? This commentary that I'm going to uh, say now is kind of biased, but my favorite month is my favorite month is February because I see it as a photographer. Let me let me explain. And during the months of June to the beginning of November, you have hurricane season. So, you know, your vacation could be cut short at any minute, you know, if a hurricane decides to visit us. That's one thing. Then during the months of June and July mainly, but lately it's been a little more than that, the island receives something called Sahara dust because Puerto Rico sits to the west of the Sahara Desert. And the sands reach you, do they? Yes, they do. And the problem is that if you want to take pretty pictures, you're probably not going to get them in July because what you're going to get is gray skies. It also affects the weather because when you have Sahara dust, the wind tends to slow down and you tend to sweat a lot. It becomes hot and humid. So for me, the most beautiful part of the of the year is between, let's say, November and the end of February. And that coincides with the fact that it's snowing like hell in the States. <laughs> so we, we get a lot of what they call snowbirds. Those are the people that live up in the northern states of the, of the United States and they migrate to the south in the winter. So we get a lot of snowbirds. The high season in Puerto Rico for tourism is Christmas between November and February. So from a, from a cost point of view, that would be the most expensive time to go and visit Puerto Rico. Well, it's like anything else in, in you know, in, in life. If you know what you're doing, you're probably going to get bargains because you'll know where to look. If you go to the big hotels, uh, you will end up paying through your nose. Yes, because it's it's the it's the high season. If you want to get bargains, you have to come in May or you have to come in April, that kind of thing. And, and the other thing is that during the summer months, it gets hot and humid. Whereas in February, you have 80 degrees, sometimes even less than that. So essentially, you're walking in air conditioning. Apart from San Juan, which you've covered pretty well, what are some of the other must-see areas would you recommend? Like I said, the, the radio telescope, the caves, the El Junque, which is the rainforest on the east of the island. We also have a park on the very east of the island that's called Las Cabezas de San Juan, the heads of San Juan, which is an ecological protected area. And it has bioluminescent lagoon. There are three of those in Puerto Rico. There's the the one in Fajardo, which is the one I'm talking about, Cabezas de San Juan. There's one in the south of the island that's in in, uh, Guanica. And there's one in Vieques, the little island that I told you to the east of Puerto Rico, that's called Mosquito Bay. If you go there at nighttime, there are excursions and you can, you know, rent a, they take you out on a boat. And if you put your, your hand in the water and, you know, just stroke through the water, it's like you're going to see like millions of little stars. It's the, the water glows. It's something very, very really? interesting. Yes, it's full of something called dinoflagellates 
which are little microorganisms that shine when you when you disturb the water. And it's not something you have to look out for. It's something that's obvious. It's like like a neon light. You know, it's very, very, very bright. Well, in, in Las Cabezas de San Juan, they have a, a, a four, 400 and I think it's 438 acres of, of preserved land where you have this bioluminescent lagoon, but you also have the, the lighthouse in Fajardo. You have protected species. It's It's a very interesting place. And it's one of the best, kept places I've seen in Puerto Rico. You feel like you're you're in Disney World. It runs like a Swiss watch. One of the things I know about it is that, you know, we often think of islands as, as being in shallow waters, but quite close to Puerto Rico is the Puerto Rico Trench, which is the largest and deepest trench in the Atlantic. And it goes down to a depth of 8,400 metres or 27,000, over 27,000 feet, which is almost like Mount Everest up underwater. <laughs> yeah, you can fit you can fit Mount Everest in that trench. Yes, uh, and it must be incredible. Does that mean that there's very very rich fishing and and a lot of marine life off the island as well? Some people come here for deep sea fishing. They also come here for whale watching. We have a, a beach on the western coast of the island called Rincon where they they do surfing there. It's called Domes Beach, and you can surf there. But in, during the month of February, all the humpback whales come down to this area to have their little uh, little the, whales. The, the calves. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. the thing is that they give birth to their little whales right in front of Rincon there, and you can stand at the lighthouse and see it. But there's also people with boats that will take you right next to the whales, and you can see little whales being born. They don't seem to mind. They don't attack the, the, the little boats or anything. People go out there and actually watch the whales be born. It's very interesting. On the northern side of the island, like you were saying, one of the things that you can see with your with your bare eyes is if you go, for example, to El Morro, which is this castle that sits right at the very entrance to the bay, if you look out towards sea, you see the change in the water. First you have this green, and then you have this very deep blue that's almost purple. Well, that's that trench you were talking about. It gets it gets deep. It's like a hole that goes straight down. You know. Yep, I quite like a bit of food. The cuisine on um, uh, I mean, I'm sure you can get everything there, but what is the popular food for the locals on Puerto Rico? I, I guess there must be a Spanish influence. So, what if I wanted to go there and I wanted to taste genuine? Puerto Rican food, what would you recommend? What sort of things would I be eating? In Puerto Rico, the national dish is probably rice and beans. Puerto Ricans love their rice and beans. And they combine that, for example, with pork. They combine that with very sweet plantains. They fry them, ripe plantains. They fry them in oil and they serve it with rice and beans and and pork pork meat. But Puerto Rico is probably one, has one of the most varied cuisines in the world because we have young chefs that are into what they call Novo Cuisine. And you can get almost anything on the island. It's close to, I, I wouldn't say it's as good as New York because that would be a lie. But, but we have great restaurants mainly in, in the San Juan area, but in, in fact, we have them all over the island where you can find anything from Greek cuisine, Thai cuisine, Japanese, uh, Chinese, Arabic. You can find almost any kind of cuisine you want in Puerto Rico and good cuisine, not, not imitation, but, you know, things done correctly because we have very good chefs. 
And we have, the, you know, we have, I've been talking mainly about the smaller hotels, but we have all the, most of the large chains here, like Ritz, for example, and, and Hilton, and most of the large chain, hotel chains have a, have a hotel in Puerto Rico. So as you would expect, they, they have good restaurants as well. If anybody wants to go to Puerto Rico, I recommend they go, and if they particularly want to drive around, Puerto Rico by GPS is the website, which is just called Puerto Rico by GPS, one word, dot com. That's easy. Put some of Orlando's photos on, on this website. Orlando, they are really, they're inspiring. They really are. I look at these things, uh, these photos, and because I have not known much about Puerto Rico before I spoke to you, it's, it's a total surprise to me how beautiful the whole place is and how historic it is and how rich and verdant it is as well. It's, it, it's just glorious. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, one thing I want to say, two things I want to say. First of all, most of the photos are not doctored just one or two yep. because there was a there was a lot of graffiti and i had to basically give the pa- the place a digital wash <laughs> <laughs> but but most of them are what you see is what you get i would say 90 for 95 or 98 percent of them are what you see is what you get and uh, the copy on the site follows the same uh, philosophy i visit places with uh, tourist mentality I have no backing from the government, meaning that I can say whatever I want, and I do. I visit places, and if I like them, I say it, and if I don't, I say it too. I I tell it like it is. You know, if if there's things that are good, I'm going to tell you. If there's things that are bad, I'm going to tell you. If a place is dangerous, I'm going to tell you, be it because it's solitary and you could get mugged or something, or be it because it's simply dangerous because of its nature. For example, there's a lighthouse in Puerto Rico that's in the Cabo Rojo area, which is the southwest of the island. Well, uh, right next to that lighthouse, the it's a hundred foot drop. If you fall there, you will die. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I tell it like it is, you know, it's pretty, but be careful. Don't, don't get close to the edge, that kind of thing. And by the way, if you go to the Colorado Canyon, there's a sign there that says, if you fall, you will die. <laughs> so, you know, they tell it like it is, too, you know. What is the name of your book again, please, Orlando? Well, I have two of them. One of them is called, one of them is called Puerto Rico for Beach Bums. That's right. Yes. Have a get and that. It's, it's at Puerto Rico for And the other one is called The Old San Juan Walking Tour. And it's, again, it's at The Old San Juan Walking Tour.com. And that one is, like its name says, it's a tour that picks you up at the south uh, south part of Old San Juan, and it takes you through the entire city, explains all the important attractions. It's a it's about a three three and a half hour walk, more or less. Okay. You can take your you can take your Kindle, and it'll show you around. It'll yeah. tell you all about the buildings, all about the all about the history of the city, the walls, the, the whole thing. Puerto Rico, believe it or not, if it weren't for the fact that they knocked down a piece of the wall in 1897, it would probably be the only walled city in America. Old San Juan, because it, it has three quarters of the original wall are still there. If it weren't because they knocked down a quarter of it, we, we would have the only walled city in America, which would be quite a tourist attraction. Well, it sounds to me like it should be quite a tourist attraction, and it is, but it the, is, pro- yes. the problem people, is most people just stay on the boat, don't they? 
most of the of the cruise ships when they when they dock at San Juan, people actually you know walk the city. But the problem is that there's two problems. First, they don't have the time to actually appreciate Puerto Rico, and the other thing is that since they have everything free in the ship, they don't tend to spend in the city. Because, you know, they, 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 they don't even need to eat in the city if they don't want to. They, they can go to the ship, eat and come back and see whatever else they want to see, you know. I don't find it to be a good deal for Puerto Rico from a tourism perspective. I think it's a better deal if people actually come here on a plane and stay here for a week or something. Well, you've convinced me. It does sound like a really, really fascinating place. Orlando Margal, thank you very much for chatting to me about and opening my eyes about Puerto Rico. It's been my pleasure.